Welcome to the Reroll Gaming Podcast, where I, Tanner Prentice, guide five of my closest friends through an original adventure playing the tabletop role-playing game Pathfinder 2nd Edition. In the world of Rell, five strangers brought together a resistance under the shadow of the Blackreach Empire. Until everything changed. A villain and former lover named Hogoth fractured the planes of existence, ushering in an endless night and an era of undeath. All in the name of an undying dragon, Zarox. Now, the fate of Rel is left to these five adventurers. My name is Ayla, and I play Bo Cantrell, a fallen Asimar and cleric, with Cosmios, the god of fate, as my deity. Hi, my name is Zane, and I play Cinder Lafayette, the halfling investigator with a dicey past. My name is Octavia, and I play Starlet Moonbow of the Dragonfire Isles. Starlet, or Star, as she's better known by her companions, is on a mission to save her true love, Faya, from the Maiden of Spiders. Hi, my name is Latara, and I play Kiarin Nimone the Sadistic, the Dolel champion of Emin, who yearns for that redemption that is so far out of her reach. I'm Brendan, and I play Groth, the half-giant magus who may have fallen in love with the wrong man worshipped the wrong god, and then accidentally brought the two together. These five heroes are the last best hope to save Rel, but can they overcome this darkness that spreads under the shattered sky? Find out now on the Reroll Gaming Podcast. I'm going to look at Reddit the entire time we're recording. I hope that's not a problem. I'm going to read my fairy smut book. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What? <laughs> Nothing. All right. Welcome back to no, the no, 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 Come on. Share, share with the class here. This is in the middle of an, an yeah, interrogation. <laughs> you have, Octavia, you have a fairy smut book? We've talked about yes, this. Yes, we lot. have. We've literally talked about this. Clearly, book. I was yeah. checked out and yeah. focused on something else. because. Yeah, she has a important fairy smut book. What is it called? Awesome. Uh, it's I know it's the Fae Chronicles is like the <laughs> thing, and there's good. like fourteen books. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot of material to work with. Yeah, <laughs> it's smut all the way down. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's funny. I don't know why I don't remember this. I that reminds <laughs> me. I really desperately wanted. There is a books like genre on Amazon that's like romantic human dinosaur novels. Oh yeah, totally. And I there I tried so hard to get one in print, but they're all like digital because I can't imagine nobody's gonna pay a lot of money. Yeah, (laughs) like I wanted to like give it away as like Christmas gifts to people. (laughs) I thought you'd really enjoy this. (laughs) That'd be fucking hilarious. Uh, Um, The just for anyone who's actually curious, the book is called Fighting Destiny. Okay, hold on a second. Fighting <laughs> Destiny. I just looked it up. <laughs> it's free on uh, Amazon Kindle, the first one. It's like 500 Destiny, pages. Chronicles book one, yeah. 500 pages, holy shit. I'm looking at fairy smut. Can you please? Uh. <laughs> All right, well, let's... Uh, <laughs> hold on. I found a couple of dino smut books. <laughs> dino? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one's my favorite. Oh no, never mind. This one's my favorite. Having the dinosaur's baby. A shifter <laughs> romance with a real bite. 
Didn't somebody write one where it's like Ben Shapiro has sex with an AR-15 or something like that? Triceratops and bottoms. <laughs> like a cute like pair of shorts or something. Yeah, buddy. Ooh, wow, he's got like this. This one's got like tribal tattoos and stuff. He's he's super cool. My, That's clearly photoshopped. The triceratops or <laughs> in the Velociraptor's nest. Oh man, I want to read these so bad. Uh, if you guys thing, follow you our Patreon, yes, sure. we will do readings of these. I will do. <laughs> oh God, that would be really, that'd be great. If we reach, if we reach two thousand dollars a month if on Patreon, I will. Two thousand dollars. I will write one of these. <laughs> my no, my goal is specifically to get issued a cease and desist by the writer of or the, or the publisher of the Fake Chronicles, so we can frame it. Get a cease and desist by a public defendant. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's from like, fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> we should write some re-roll smut. Octavia's no, trying to get me to read her favorite Right about Bo. Uh, yeah, it was like uh, Crown of Thorn and, uh, Crown yeah. of Thorns and Roses. I actually that have heard, that keeps coming up, and I feel like a lot of people have read that. Yeah, I was surprised oh, at the amount of people who have, but it's really good. Yeah, I'm actually I'm really horny. If there's a good Top story. <laughs> actually, the, the story for that one is really good. Uh, I have no estimated time of completion on this, but I actually am working on like a collection of short stories for Flint, and I want to like that's pretty cool. collaborate and write stuff with the rest of the characters as well. You write a Crown of Thorn and Roses, yeah. So he said the whole. I series. just googled it, and I think that author is the author of the book I'm currently reading. Oh, oh yeah, Sarah J. Moss, I think is Throne of Glass. I'm reading. Yeah, I was. I actually have like. A bunch of those books too. I just haven't read them because my Nook thing died. So, well, speaking of smut, let's get I back. Can to... Almost see this lady's vagina in this one. This is pretty cool. <laughs> speaking of almost seeing a lady's vagina, let's get back to <laughs> the re-roll sluts. Yeah, what's that alchemist up to? That's a man. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, we'll actually wait for <laughs> we'll actually wait for Groth because uh, we're gonna open up on him. Mm. Ew. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna open up on him if you know what I'm saying. I don't like that. <laughs> I do not know what you're saying. Please elaborate. Yeah. No. Wait, I'm with Groth, right? Groth is being led, I believe, by by me, by you to <laughs> the. Was it, it was, just, was it just me or did here. the other two catch up? I think it's just you. The other two, we left off watching the event at the inn. But this fairy's wearing a suit. He's looking real good. Yeah, their fairy powers are that they make you really horny. That's like it. It's working. Guess what We've... Brendan's dressing up as this Halloween? <laughs> oh, I have Kindle credit too. I can get this book for like forty nine cents and get Unraveling Destiny. Same. Do I need to read these in order? Or get like... off. Yes. Or <laughs> that's fair. I'll see. I am. I am getting off. But yeah, well, I'll do it off air. Damn it! <laughs> you keep setting them up for me. I'm just gonna keep knocking them down. <laughs> All right, I'll shut up now. I don't believe you. Yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> I'll just say I'll say what I'm saying quiet enough so Discord doesn't pick it up. <laughs> then I'll get it on the edit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just Zane whispering sweet nothings to himself. 
<laughs> we fade back in to Fort Grave Rot. The snow crunching beneath your boots, Kiaran, as you are leading your quote-unquote prisoner to this ragged building shoved against the mountainside, fenced off in the northwest part of the fort. This frozen shack seems to be dilapidated and unmaintained. It's fenced off with absolutely nothing but blanket of snow surrounding it. A blanket of snow and one lumbering troll who seems to have a hide of frozen ice. This place emanates dread and pain, and something about it does not seem right. And the closer you get, as you walk through the gate, you see that it's un... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There is no secure lock or anything on it. It is just a simple, mundane fence that you open up and you can hear faint whimpers and, and sobbing coming from the inside of the hut. Is there any pizzas nearby? This is a pizza <laughs> hut without the pizza. Uh, on the walk there, because this is north of the little like cottage on its or hut on its own or whatever, right? This is the hut on its own. Oh, no, I mean the one that Red Star was going to? That is the tannery. No, you said she was going back and forth between the tannery and some other building. Uh, I mean, that was before you guys arrived. She is currently yes. at the tannery right now. Yes, but this the building is the that other, she... This is the other building. Oh, this one that I'm taking him to? Yes. Yeah, oh, that, that okay. is the one that she had been frequenting, I think, I see. if I'm I remembering what you're asking. It was yeah. just near this. Okay. No, this is the building she was going to. Um, are there people around us while we're walking? There were as you were heading this way, but as soon as you get to the this strange hut, there's nobody around but this troll guarding the entrance. And he sees you approaching and just kind of groans as he stands, and it's a pretty huge troll, dwarfing even Groth. Okay, so there wasn't an opportunity to, like, talk to Groth discreetly. You you probably could. There's a maybe 100 feet of between the fence line and the hut that you could probably... It's a pretty wide field that you're mm -hmm. going into, so you could probably have a small conversation with him. Uh, while I'm kind of pushing him along, um, I'll just be like, did you guys get anything in there? Uh, yeah, a whole lot, actually. Frost Knuckle does not want to be paired up with Zarox. He does not want him in his camp. He is very unhappy that so many of his troops are being branded and that he's branded. And, oh, it's a It's a mess in there. Not sure Flint would like it, but can we turn him to our side? Maybe. Maybe. If you gave me this, I'll, I'll show you the knife tucked into my belt. Karen just kind of... Unfortunately, probably also shows you my ass, but... <laughs> Karen just kind of raises an eyebrow at it and is like, so what's the plan? Hell, I don't know. 
Uh, where where specifically am I being taken? You have been taken to a strange hut in the northwest that is uh, in a field of blanket, a field of nothing but snow, against the mountainside that is completely walled off. But again, okay. the gate that surrounds it is a simple sort of um, like livestock gate. And this is the place I understand to be like where my soul is supposed to be sucked out. Uh, something like that, sure. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, just to jog your memory a little bit, Frost Knuckle did warn you about some wraith that drains your spirit and soul. Uh. Well, I guess we'll uh, have to get in there. See what we find. All right. And she'll push him up towards the troll and just kind of stare the troll down as best she can and be like, another prisoner. The boss wanted me to bring him in. Looks up at you and he says, Give prisoner. Leave prisoner? Give prisoner. Oh. Uh, we had a deal. I would be in charge of keeping him prisoner. I need to make sure he doesn't escape. No deal. Shuck, watch, shack. Give prisoner. Shuck can watch the shack all he wants, but I will be joining and I will see him in. Give me either a diplomacy or an intimidation. Uh, we'll do intimidation. Uh, flaccid 20. Okay. The frozen troll puffs his chest out and these rigid spikes made of pure ice shift up from his shoulders. And then he steps aside and allows you. I'll just kind of nod at him and then push Groth roughly towards the door. Okay. I was gonna ham it up. Oh, oh. How'd you get so strong? Oh, <laughs> weak. Just say that until she puts her hands on you. Karen <laughs> <laughs> kind of lets out a slightly sinister laugh. And as you go into this door, Karen, I assume you open it and shove Gruff through. Mm-hmm. This place. This old abandoned barn, as it looks from the outside, is filled with whimpers and soft sobs as forsaken souls of dwarves, men, halflings, and elves are cramped shoulder to shoulder. They are shivering, barely covered with tattered linen clothing, and it lets loose this eerie rattle that is kind of the undertone for this entire building. Your presence when you enter is noted with exasperated fear. The prisoners by the front of the door give distance and gasp. <gasps> and everybody is looking away, desperate to avoid your gaze as if you were a leper. Karen lets out a curse under her breath. And Groth, the door closes behind you. 
and this dark, awful, oppressive place seals you in darkness. I hadn't left yet. Well, now you did. Goodbye. Oh, well, just before I go, did I see this spirit or whatever? uh, Give me I just kind of... She wa- Karen wants to get a view of like the defenses, like if she were to try to break him out, what's guarding? Give me a either a occultism. Yeah, give me an occultism check. Natural twenty for a twenty-nine. Okay, excellent. I think you look around, but really with your intuition and your connection to divine magics, you feel the presence of evil here, the presence of pain and suffering. But more specifically, this place is haunted. A haunt seals this place to its devastating fates, and these wraiths that Groth was warned of, likely aren't actual physical undead, but spirits that are sealed here. And you know that with your occultism, you may be able to counteract this haunt, especially if you have something to assist you, some holy water, uh, positive energy, anything like that. Would I... uh, So basically I get the sense that we could get rid of this wraith type thing if we have something holy? There are spirits here that are sealed to this place, but they Mm -hmm. could potentially be put to rest. Alright. I will say whisper under my breath, you better know what you're doing, Groth, and then step out. Not a fucking clue. (laughs) I'll see you soon. And Kieran will just take up, like, pull up a log and two logs maybe to put rest her foot on and just take up post next to the troll. You come here often? (laughs) I'm married to a goblin. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere Crunch is sharpening a knife like... (laughs) <laughs> Somebody's trying to take my girl. <laughs> you do know he's walked days and days and days in the snow to get to her before. It's true. He almost died. He survived an arrow to the chest. Was that through sheer will or dumb luck? We'll never know. Thought or the power narrative of love, purposes. Like, yeah, the power of love, <laughs> devotion to Kiaran. He got shot in the chest. He was like, on. not fucking now. I almost <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we go back to Flint Oakenfist outside this tannery tent. You have slit a little window in the back of the tent, able to peer in and listen on this conversation between Red Star and some unknown person. Well, I guess you probably came to the conclusion of who she was talking to. Didn't she refer to him as the alchemist or something? Or uh, So there were, if I'm not mistaken, three voices you heard. 
the person oh. referred to as the alchemist, Red Star, and then Red Star was talking to some sort of prison. Oh, right. As well. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, from where I'm at, my suspicion is that that's the um, Legionnaire, but is there any way to confirm that? Give me a perception check as you try to sort of angle and use your dagger to slide the flap around, maybe cut a little more. A uh, very important question. Where's Broomhilda? She's at, at she's camp, fine. probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's just she's hanging out. She's taking some time off. All right. <laughs> uh, Quick cut to her lady. like chilling in like a, a mountain <laughs> swing. Yeah. 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 There's, there's right. Yeah. Trees. Yeah. Just take take a little R and R. You know. <laughs> uh, Twenty seven. Yeah, you're able to take this dagger and you see this dark hair. I, actually, I think I might have described this previously, but you see this dark haired dwarf who's had his beard. Uh, chopped off by roughly by a dagger. He is a very fit dwarf, but he is wearing n- absolutely nothing. Shivering in this sort of frigid cold, he looks he looks muscular, but also um, starved. And um, the beard thing, just from knowing and being you know brought up in dwarven culture, is that sort of like a is that sort of their way of like defacing him, sort of like literally and figuratively? Because I mean. Beards are pretty important to a dwarf's identity. Yeah, um, definitely not every dwarf, of course, has a beard and fashion style is one thing, but this is clearly, you know, meant to be disgraceful. Okay, and that's the purpose of that. It's not something else weird that like... Correct. Okay, cool. As far as you know. <laughs> I'm just no, wondering, no yeah, if that was something like incantations super... or something. <laughs> right, yeah, I didn't know if there was more to read into there. For, uh, like, some sick-ass potions. Right. Specifically a potion that gives you a beard. A uh, potion it's a that one-to-one gives you exchange. an itchy throat. <laughs> it tastes a um, lot like beard. Yeah. <laughs> a potion of beard. It is just, that's it. It's a beard. Yeah. It was just beard hair um, swirled in Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Flint is going to post up and see what he can see and hear what he can hear, but mostly his priority is to follow Red Star and hopefully uh, find a moment that he could, like, that she's basically alone. This conversation continues for a while with Red Star pressing into this dwarf more, asking about allies and other dwarves, referring to you as she had previously spotted a dwarf under a stinky pelt walking through the camp. And did I, I'm trying to remember, did she know specifically that it was Flint or was she just implying that like it might be one of his friends or one of uh, the Legionnaire's friends? I think as this conversation goes on, you get the sense that she (sighs) believes it to be an ally of the Legionnaire. Okay. But All right. pretty quickly, as time is passing, she, Red Star gets frustrated at the lack of definitive answers. She, You hear a loud sizzle and a muffled scream as some sort of burn is likely done to this, or brand is done to this um, dwarf. Not to be confused with the brand of Zarox, but some torturous right. method. And Red Star says, maybe that'll allow you to think a little more, darling. I will be back. 
turns to the alchemist and says, Hopefully your project doesn't take much longer. We need information from him. And this horrible flesh-stitched creature just says, It will take as long as it needs and as long as I require. Another wall of frustration hits Red Star. She storms out of the tent, throws the flap up. Give me a stealth check. Okay. That's really derail my plans. Oh, God. Yes. Um, I'm rolling actual dice, so I have to do math myself now. 31. 31. This is an opposed check because she is actively looking for you, so... And I rolled pretty good. But I rolled a 29. Oh, damn. Jesus Christ. Okay. So, with this encounter... If she's moving between buildings, is there going? Is there a time during when I'm following her that she is sort of out of the way? Yeah, I think specifically with this tannery, as I mentioned earlier, almost everybody in the camp gives it a wide berth. So you have an opportunity, gotcha. but it will. She is heading back into the center of town. Okay, I mean, yeah, I want to try to get up behind her if I can. Okay. Okay, we'll roll over your stealth check uh, to cover you walking and approaching her. Now, what is your plan here? So, I mean, Flint wants to get up into melee range and, like, he, I mean, he's going to announce himself, basically. He wants to talk to her, but okay. on his terms. Walk me through exactly what you're doing, and I will probably make you roll something. That's fine. Um... So I think if this goes according to plan in a part of this journey of where she's going, maybe behind some like crates or something, if she, you know, goes to take a shortcut. Amidst the silence, all of a sudden she feels a knife at her throat, like on the side. And then a uh, did she carry like a staff or anything like that. Or yes. Any kind of focus? Yeah, she has okay. a uh, quarter staff. Now, real quick, I am going to require one more stealth check because this is just like it's more active yeah like active just, closing yeah, the distance come on baby it's real risky yep okay um what is that the 27 right before you are to the point where you put the blade to her neck she just starts to turn her head but you move quick and fast and with great dexterity and whoo dagger to her neck heart's racing okay so yeah um she turns maybe not even like realizing what's happened until it's already happened but yeah feels like cold blade press against the side of her throat in a hand like as she goes to react a hand grabs down on her arm that's holding her quarterstaff and after a moment, she just hears the voice behind her. Didn't see me this time, did you? What? What do you want? Your friends, your friends in the tent back there. Go get him if you want. Just leave me. He's useless at this point. Well, let's talk about that. You've gotten yourself in pretty deep here, haven't you? 
You sure Elrond hasn't bitten off a bit more than he can chew? Elrond? What? <laughs> Flint, you fool. You know he's watching you, right? I'd be real surprised if he wasn't. How the hell did you manage to get in here, darling? Flint chuckles. I'm a pretty motivated individual. If I want something, there's not much that can stand in the way. Listen. I want Elrin's head. I'm sure you probably knew that. And believe me, the time is gum. The time is gum. Time bubble gum. gum. That is true. Time is gum when you really think about it. That. <laughs> I want Elrin's head. I'm sure you probably already knew that. And believe me, the time is going to come where I will claim it. But right now, the game is, and he looks up at the sky, well, it's changed. Look, you and I, we don't have to be friends, but I think right now, we can't afford to be enemies. And his grip tightens a little on her arm holding the quarterstaff. The game has changed, Oaken Fist. The rules are different. Everything, every power structure that was in this world has been upended. Davy already is practically running Grimholt. He is stronger than ever, and boy, darling, does he want you. Desperately. There was a time before all this, and probably will be a time after it, where I'm going to get what I need from him. But I'd be stupid right now if I didn't understand the power dynamic. This is about self-preservation at this point for both of us. We've got bigger enemies. I'd like to take this blade away from your throat now so we can speak plainly. Can I do that? Or are you going to go and do something stupid? Only one way to find out. And Flint we chuckles a little bit. Yeah. Are going to pivot on over. As this is going on, all this chaos. What? Is Bo and Star doing? Um, I think we were heading back towards the um, the tent that we left Groth in. Okay. So we last left off with you guys at the inn, seeing this undead yeah. priestess come out. I'm pretty sure we saw that, and we were like, "Oh, that's fucked up." And we turned right yeah, back I'm around, not going in there anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm gonna leave them a bad Google review. <laughs> Get on Yelp. And so you're continuing back to the main tent. To the right is the tannery. To the left there is a almost stable area filled with these dark furred wolves with yellowish eyes. But as you go to the main tent, you do not see Kiarin or Groth. Um, Star under her breath will say, Shit. Wasn't anticipating them taking him somewhere. It seems like Kiarin may, might be with him. It's good, at least. Can we see her? Give me a perception check. 23. I need to, like, switch to real dice or something, because every time I fucking roll on here, I roll terrible. I'm going to be surprised if I get any good rolls here tonight, because I used them all up last time. (laughs) (laughs) My whole thing is if I start out on one set of dice, I can't just change. I feel like it's, like, bad luck or something. But then I keep sticking with the same dice that whole session. I keep rolling fucking, like, single digits, so it's always tough for me. I got a 19, by the way. Okay, uh, Star, with your 23, you see a set of large tracks, likely Groths, that are heading north. Okay. Star will point this out to Bo. Like, I think those are Groth feet that we see in the snow. Perhaps we can make our way in that direction. Maybe check out the stables on the way. I'm sure those wolves could tell us something. Yeah. It's true. It's definitely a lead we could take. Shall we? You're headed to the wolf pins? Yeah, are those like on the way to uh, Anars Grove? <laughs> <laughs> Shut Sorry. the fuck up. <laughs> okay. On the outer edge of the west of the camp, you see this thick leather leather cover that partially stretches over this animal pen. Several of these wolves are in their stalls, and you see these yellow predator eyes peering through this ever-persistent darkness, saddles draped over the side, but you also hear a booming echo from an unmistakable sound of a whip cracking and an unsettling chuckle of sadism. And this really grotesquely obese orc waddles out, whip at his side with all sorts of mishmashed leathers that don't quite look right. And he walks out with a dripping blood from the whip and just like dragging this almost dead wolf corpse, throws it into the pen and hits this, pulls this rope and the stall doors open and these emaciated direwolves come out and hesitate before eventually feeding on this wolf that is likely going to die. And this entire time, this fat orc is just <laughs> Oh, hey, hey, newcomers! <laughs> Look at these beasts, fools! <laughs> Eat their own brother if you let him. Star has to try to hide her disgust but she'll put on a smile and uh 
she'll say, <sighs> Yes, I agree, they are quite stupid. Do you, by chance, speak their tongue to be able to really tell them how you feel? <laughs> speak the tongue of the wolf? <laughs> no. I could not possibly think of a waste of time than to speak to these beasts. Huh. Well, if only to tell them that they are grotesque. Would you mind if I gave it a go? Give me a diplomacy check. And give yourself a plus two, because you're kind of speaking his language. 30? <laughs> Be my guest. Okay. Talk, talk to the runt. He's next. And you okay. definitely see this smaller wolf that's trying to get in to feed, but is just kind of snapping its jaws at the hind leg of this now definitely dead wolf. Um, Star will... Uh, use the ring of speak with animal <laughs> and okay. she'll uh, she'll whistle to get its attention first and uh, she's like small one here come here and this wolf sheepishly shyly pads over to you clearly terrified Go ahead and think about what you're going to say, because we are going to flash on over. I like having you guys in, like, three different spots of the camp, because it's just like, ooh. You like splitting the party? Of, Is that what I'm of, Yeah. <laughs> two of a force. Well, it, gives you, it gives you lots of opportunities to cut to something else, too, to, like, you know, kind of keep the tension moving, but also, like, give yourself, a, like, a minute to breathe and, like, think about what you want to do next. Yeah. I only say that because I'm definitely not hammering out like a pretty broad outline of all the things that Flint's going to say here <laughs> on Notepad. Groff. Yeah. You are huddled in this shack. Dozens of dwarves, humans, halflings, elves are all squeezed in here with you, rattling. The uh, cells are just, just free. Open just free. Line. Completely open. Like, yeah. this whole place has been gutted just to cram as many people in here with no regards for safety, health, anything. And, like, actually, go ahead and give me a fortitude save because there's feces, there's urine, there's vomit, probably a few corpses. Like, it is awful in here. If, uh, that'll be a 17. Yeah, until further notice, you're going to be sickened. Ooh, 17? Yeah, you're yeah. going to be sickened one. So you can go ahead and add that to your character sheet. All right. Quickened one. Nope, not quickened. Sickened. <laughs> <laughs> Smells so bad in here, I'm fast. That quicken, quick, quick win. <laughs> Smells so bad in here, my ass grew. <laughs> Um, in about a minute, you can attempt to recover by throwing up, and it'll give you another save. Nice. Um, that's fucking awesome. Make it worse in here to make myself feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. 
Um, did you say this place was up against the the side of the cliff? The building itself isn't, but the property the that's set aside is the uh, okay. husband or not husbandry, but the uh, uh, like sort of animal pen fencing is meets at the wall of the mountain. Gotcha. So I I can't access probably the crook between like the ground and the Yeah, the unfortunately. Not. Okay. Okay. Um then Yeah, Grout's gonna look around for just any kind of object that might have fallen out of people's pockets and uh just gonna spend a few minutes here using uh read psychometric resonance and just get a sense i mean not that it's not kind of clear what people are feeling in here but go ahead and give me a perception check all right uh 23 23 you're looking around for any object any item of personal value or importance but these people have been stripped clean of their possessions in fact you are you can sort of uh, surmise that the reason you weren't was a direct active choice by frost knuckle um but most of these if not entirely all of these uh prisoners actually are draped in linen sacks with holes carved into them and as you're looking around and all of these prisoners are avoiding you like the plague, like imagine a shark moving through a school of fish, just this negative space around you. Nice. Shit. Elbow room. <laughs> a chill creeps up your spine. And the already dark house seems to darken even further. As wispy, desperate forms seep from the ground. <gasps> reach out towards you and it's like what? Why? This cacophony of a thousand souls dreary and tortured. Give me a will save. Uh, 24. That is a fail. You are drained too as these creatures sap your life force and you feel your energy just absolutely being siphoned from you. You're, you're this darkness and dread encroaching in. Yeah, I think Roth is going to defend himself by uh, throwing up on them. <laughs> Give me a fortitude save. Okay, that'll be a 29. <laughs> Okay, you throw up, and although you are drained and feel like a piece of your soul has been ripped from you, you do feel a little better. Nice. Oh, yeah, almost all my stats just came back. Drained is not such a big deal. Dude, sickened was everything. Like, drained all is my more saves, your all health. my checks. Yeah. But, yeah, sickened is, is every skill and every save, I think. Yeah. It was on yeah. top of his like exhaustion. My whole screen turned red. That was crazy. Fatigue. Fatigue. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Okay. So the the souls that are here seem to be the souls what of the prisoners that have been brought here. Go ahead. It sounds like. 
Do you yeah. have religion or occultism? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and roll me one of those. I think religion's going to be slightly easier, but up to you which one you... I think it'd be seven points easier, so I'm going occultism. Uh, 23. Not quite enough to know the source of this haunt. Um, I think that's a, that's a fair assumption, but whatever the source is, you don't exactly know how to can counteract or fix it, but these are clearly disturbed spirits that need to be exercised, prayed for, something along those lines. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. And the people that are still here, uh, do they appear to still have their soul, or have their souls been, like, removed from their husks? Is that why they're acting so fucking weird? They seem entirely sort of drained. Um, you get the sense their souls have not been removed, per se, but they are just... These people are broken in in spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Okay. And also, your presence here likely is unnerving because where the these are more medium creatures, you are a very large Goliath or half giant. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to just find a spot on the floor where there's not too much vomit and just sit down so that I'm about the same height as everybody else. Okay. And just kind of like... I'm going to lower my head but make kind of like corner eye contact with people just to be like less threatening and just uh, kind of wait it out and see if anybody gets the nerve to come up and talk to the big papa. Okay. Kiaran, what are you doing outside of this hut? You better finish chewing that food before you start talking. <laughs> As you flash to Kieran outside munching on some <laughs> a homemade uh, trail mix. So as, so as not to break the immersion, <laughs> yes. She's talking to the troll. She's uh, gonna turn to him and say, uh, so how do you like working for these orcs? They treat you well, what you're worth. Do you have dental? They match my 401k <laughs> contribution up, up to, to 1%. 5%. Really good. Um, he says, they feed me. I crush. It's good. <laughs> I bet you crush things really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crush really well takes a rock, picks it up, and crushes it. Wow, and you can do that and they just have you watching this place? Not bad. Easy crush. Don't walk a lot. Listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> not interested in seeking more glory. Getting one of those uh, tattoos that some of them have. <laughs> no. Tattoo not for big troll like me. Puny orc tattoo. Exactly. Puny orcs. Why do you even listen to them? Easy food. And mead. 
So they give you their best stuff, then? Oh, yeah. At night, they roll barrel mead. What did I say this guy's name was? I don't know if he said his name. Oh, yeah, you did. You said he... He referred to himself by his name. Shock? Shirk? Shirk. Shirk? Ned. Whatever (laughs) name is, uh, gets drink lot. (laughs) I was hoping they weren't treating this guy good. Uh Having a a troll is kind of like having chickens. (laughs) Just kind of feed them and get their eggs. The chicken can walk through your house. Yeah, right. I mean, they could. Yeah, that's true. You just have to put him right. inside. Yeah, should, okay, you know what I mean. We should bring Jubilee inside. No. <laughs> yeah. We should definitely you like... not bring one of those disgusting chickens in the house. Wow, I didn't realize how you felt. They poop everywhere. <laughs> it's part of the magic. They have a cloaca. They have a diaper. <laughs> yeah. Gross. And you guys aren't here, all right? <laughs> this is Kiaran's scene. Do you like stories, Shuck? Love stories. Always listen, re-roll gaming podcast. Good (laughs) story. (laughs) Five stars on Spotify. Do you know what a cloaca is? To Patreon. (laughs) I have one for you if you'd like. Yeah. And she's gonna uh, just start telling him the story of Emmons' life. Okay, um, give me a performance check. Performance. I will say the DC's pretty low. He's pretty easily entertained. Okay. My performance isn't great. I'll allow religion as well. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you trying to accomplish exactly? Oh, you know. Just out of curiosity. I don't necessarily tell him at the start that it's about a god, but I'm trying to get him interested in Edmund. (laughs) Have you heard the good word? Yeah, basically, yeah, that's what she's yeah. doing. <laughs> right on. With You're a, telling him the kid's story version. There was a warrior. If we're doing that performance, that's an eight. If it's religion, it's a 16. Okay, you can use whichever. So with religion uh, being 16, uh, he's pretty captivated. He's like, oh. And then by the time you get to the twist, and it's like, it, he became a god. He's like, Oh, <laughs> I imagine that takes a while. <laughs> and while this enthralling story is gripping Shuck or whatever his name is, <laughs> we go back to Flint in this tense situation with Red Star. Flint, what are you doing? Uh, Flint, after a moment, releases her wrist takes a step back and waits to see what she's going to do. She turns around to you. Hits me right in the nuts. Gripping the staff. (laughs) Oh, Flint. You truly have no idea. You talk about self-preservation. You talk about new enemies and how the world has changed. Perhaps those enemies are Davy's allies. 
Why exactly do you think I'm here, darling? That's a question I'd really like an answer to, but I can't imagine you're gonna give it up so easily. Well, here's the scenario that I think playing through in my head of I think you should come with me to Grimholt. I'll take you right to Davy, and I will turn you in, and he will cut your member off and pin it to the wall of his favorite abode and keep you alive for months and months, flaying your skin piece by piece, and you will die in utter, utter agony. But maybe, just maybe, Davy won't kill all your friends. Flynn cracks a small smile and says, Well, it's nice to know that he thinks about me, too. He thinks about you all the time. He thinks about Bo, Groth, Shadow, Kiaren, Star, Donovan, Gator. That little lab you have tucked away in the woods, where you keep all your precious little things so close to you, so comfortable and so safe. Flint kind of just pipes up immediately after that and just says, distractions. They're all distractions. You don't believe that, Flint? I know you don't, and Davy knows you don't. Maybe I did once, but believe me, things have a way of clarifying themselves if you give him enough time and his hands kind of gripping on his short sword a little bit. Your life is a rhyme, darling. Every couple of years, those close to you betray you. And this is no different. Davy already has infiltrated you. He has a mole. He knows about all of these little secrets. Hell, there's even a little prisoner that he's keeping just for himself that he knows you're after. Flint, after a moment, just kind of takes a step back and just sort of starts laughing to himself. She says, <laughs> Darlin, maybe even days ago these things would give you power over me, but believe me, this whole, and he motions to the sky, this whole upheaval, his new empire was made possible by that. And believe me, the only thing it's granted me is clarity. His empire will be undone by it too, which is why I'm sure that you're probably trying to find a way to at least wrestle some kind of control over everything that's happened. But you don't see that, do you? You see in Davy the same thing that you probably see in me. A naive idiot whose only goal is revenge. Whose only aspirations are power. Is this really where you fit in? Is this really what you want? Is what you want something you th truly think Davy is going to be able to give you? 
If you do not pursue power, then you are a fool. Flint, it has been a long time since you were working in our business. But I heard the stories of you. Cunning, clever, ruthless. You can put on a mask of persona and declare that the world shattering has changed everything and you have greater ambitions and you will topple Davy's empire but at the end of the day when that gold coin is waved in front of your face you're gonna do exactly what he expects and he'll get to you if he has to kill every last one of your friends and dump the corpses at your feet to get you to him he will Every one of you who stabbed me in the back will face the consequences. But unlike Davy, I'm a man of my word. And I want to watch the light leave his eyes personally. So believe me when I say that when that time comes, we'll all settle this properly, face to face. But for now, Maybe you can tell me what you're doing here. Maybe... Maybe we don't have to be enemies right now. Or... You can raise that staff. You can start throwing your fire at me or whatever the bloody hell is you do. And I can draw this short sword and go straight for your throat. It's a little less elegant. But I'm open to either option at this point. And we'll pick this up next time on the Reroll Gaming Podcast. Interesting. Nice. So she was like, oh yeah, uh, Davey will kill all your friends and lay them at your feet in order to get to you. I was like, Flint, <laughs> Flint's probably thinking how he's got a fucking scar of how somebody killed him to lay him at his friend's feet and get to Groth. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just Not the first <laughs> one is tried, bitch. It's like, it's, like, it's like Red Star said, your whole life rhymes. Everything is poetry. Yeah. <laughs> I did like that line, too. That was pretty good. Thank you for listening to the Reroll Podcast. The world of Rel and all characters within are copyright and fictitious. Any similarities to persons, living or dead, or actual events are purely coincidental. Reroll Gaming uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy, we are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Reroll Gaming is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Want to follow us on social media, listen to another episode, or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we can use in our games. The reroll main theme and all character themes are copyright Zangaring. The Chronicles of Rel theme and Frequency theme are copyright Tanner Prentice. Please consider donating to our Patreon or Ko-fi if you liked our content. We are hell-bent on making more and with your support we can make a lot more. And leave us a review wherever you heard this episode. New episodes every Monday at 12am Pacific Standard Time. See you then.